September 14th, 2023. We're in Masechet Betzah and Daf Aleph. Two lines from the top this morning's classes dedicated in loving memory of Simcha Batzakiyah. Tehini Shmatasur Rabbi Tzoror HaChayim. Amen. The Mishnah, if you recall, distinguished and told us the difference between a Bebar Shel Dagim and a Bebar Shel Hayave Of. A bebar, when it comes to fish, is reference to a small pond or a pond where all the fish are gathered. There's nowhere for them to go other than cracks or crevices in the side. But that's why it's there. It's there in order to hunt and fish those uh, fish out, trap those uh, fish. And on the said, by the same token, when it comes to the hayan the off, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about an area, karpev, which is walled in, and in turn you have animals or you have fish excuse me, or you have birds, and we'll talk about how birds get stuck in that area, or do they fully get stuck in that area, but at the very least, that's the purpose of the place, to catch them, and in turn to use them and eat them. Uh, and the Mishnah told us there's a distinction. When it comes to the dagim, when it comes to the uh, pond, it's asur, en sadim dagim min habebarim. Mahloka between Rashi and Tosafot as to why, but that was the halakha, you're not allowed to trap them on Yom Tov. In contrast to the second part of the Mishnah, where it says the Hayan Le'of, the animal and the uh, bird, uh, there you're allowed to, as Rashi explained to us. We consider that already, we consider it as if it's already trapped. So either way you explain it, Rashi or Tosafot, with regards to the fish, when it comes to the animal, when it comes to the bird, it's a different story because we consider it not as difficult or hard to work out situation where they could get into the cracks or crevices, they're out there and in turn easy to catch. The Gemara begins with that second part of the Mishnah, not the last part of Rashbag, whom we didn't mention now, but the second part says the Gemara Uriminhu, Uriminhu always designates, always denotes a contradiction. We're asking a contradiction on our Mishnah from a Beraita, whereas our Mishnah said a Bebar shall hayav of if shalasud ve if shalitin if nehem mezonot. The Beraita instead says Bebarin shall hayav shall ofot ens adimehem beyom tob. Of course, the Enotnin Lifnehem Mizonot, Rashi and Tosafot disagreed about the particulars on that as well. But for our purposes, it means, and that's the part we need to focus on, there's a direct contradiction, stark uh, conflict between this Beraita and our Mishnah. Which one is it? You could potentially say that these are two opinions. One opinion maintains, for some reason, that a bebar shel hayaveof is permitted, in our, as in our Mishnah, and another maintains that it's asur. You'd have to, however, in Gemara world, back, uh, back that up. Explain, which opinion is it? What's the sevara? What's the logic? And in turn, the Gemara will initially ask it, and then take a stab at it from that angle. Says the Gemara, kashya ofot, excuse me, kashya haya ahaya, the Gemara makes clear there's a twofold contradiction, and we already understand we'll be able to resolve one quicker than the other, but as a result, says the Gemara, there's a contradiction of the mention of Hayav, the animal Bebar in the Mishnah, to the animal Bebar in the Beraita, and furthermore, there's a contradiction and a difficulty with regards to Ofot, Ofot, on Ofot, on the mention of the Bebar of, of, of birds in the Beraita. That's what the Gemara then has set forth for us, just a blatant and direct contradiction in the second half of the Mishnah. Says Gemara, one of these two contradictions I can deal with off the bat. 
The first one, the Haya Ahaya, the contradiction with regards to the area which is set aside for animals, whereas our Mishnah said it's permitted to be sad to trap within it on Yom Tov, the Beraita said otherwise, will suggest, as I said to you, that those are two different opinions. Again, you're going to have to back that up. Who are those two opinions? How do you know that there are such opinions? Bishlama Haya Ahaya Lakashya. Says the Gemara in its initial statement, Bishlama, it's understood, Milashon Shalem or Shalom. It's, uh, there's no difficulty when I analyze Haya Ahaya, the contradiction of the Bebar Shel Haya, permitted in our Mishnah, and the Bebar Shel Haya, forbidden in the Beraita. How so? Ha Rabiuda. Ha Rabbanan. One of these two statements will accord with the opinion of Rabbi Uda and the other with Hachamin. Who's Rabbi Uda? We know who they are, but I mean, what, what are their opinions? Ditnan, because we have yet another Mishnah. We have Mishnah Masechet Shabbat that will help us with this resolving business. Ditnan, Rabbi Uda, Omer, Hasad Sibor Lemigdal, Utsvi Labayit Hayav. Notice already the context of this Mishnah. Mishnah Masechet Shabbat is not talking about whether the bird or the animal is already trapped. It's talking about the preliminary stage. How is it that you violate the melacha of Sedah? Now, these are, these are contingent one on the other. Let me explain myself. If I say that animal is already trapped, it means going to trap it on the holiday is not a melacha. If I alternatively say it's not trapped because the only way to trap it is to do that to it, it means if that hasn't been done to it yet and I go to trap it, I am violating the melacha of sedam. That's very important. It's a simple point, but you've got to understand that already. The same way in our Mishnah, when we described that on Yom Tov, you could go and grab the animal from the bebar. The understanding was because if it's in the bebar, it's already trapped. Another way of saying that is, if you were to bring it into the bebar, to push it into it, you would be violating trapping. Okay, so that's, we're in the preliminary stage over here in this Mishnah Masechet Shabbat, in the stage of, what if you put it into the bebar? So again, Rabbi Yudal, Mer Hasad Sipor Limigdal, if you were to bring and push and figure out a way to get a bird into a migdal, a migdal is a chest of some sort, or a closet, or a cage, right? In such a circumstance, and as well, Sivi, of course, is a deer, Lebayit, if you entered that into a home, Hayav. In such a circumstance, your Hayav for Melechet Tzedah. Whose opinion is that? Rabbi Yehuda. What's the difference between a bird and an animal? Why is it that the bird needs to be in a smaller enclosed space as opposed to the animal needs to, can even be in a house? What's that? It's obvious. Okay. Uh, Rashi enters some words over here that are a little bit uh, confusing as you continue in the Gemara. Rashi points out, well, if you take a look quickly at Rashi on the right-hand side, again, we're in the middle of this Mishnah. Right? 
You know, what does it mean that you're trapping, you're getting them from the outside word, world and bring them either into with the, regards to the bird, the chest, the trap, the, the cage, or the home with regards to the uh, tzivi, the, uh, the uh, deer. Hayav dekevan sipor lemigdal. Since you entered the bird into the uh, chest, the closet, v'naal lefanav, and you of course locked it, harehu ahuz ve'omet. It in turn is stuck, it's caught. V'nigmera sedato. That's considered the gemar seda, finished action of trapping. V'chen sevila bayit v'naal b'fanav. Aval, says Rashi. However, first narrow line. Sipor shichnis labayit. If you brought or pushed or found a way to get the bird into the home, v'naal b'fanav, and you locked the home, but not the chest, patur. You're not uh, violating. Sheyose lo derech halonot. The reasoning over here is because it can exit by means and by way of the windows. Interesting question, because Midra Banan was still, apparently, that she is telling us, is going to say, if you're in violation. I have another basic question, or He'ara. What if there are no windows? What if the windows are closed? It sounds from Rashi. So why doesn't Rashi say that? Why doesn't Rashi just say, as the two of you are saying right now, and as the Gemara will kind of hint to or say explicitly later on, that if I'm dealing with a bird that is difficult to catch, because it flies around, oh, that's why, when I was younger, I had parakeets and cockatiels and all that stuff. I know, when they didn't have clipped wings, at least I couldn't catch them at all, let alone a sparrow. When you see it outside, you're going to catch it, even if it's in your home. So why does that Rashi talk about windows? And as you said, it's obvious, and you may have also, Eli, been referring to some what Rashi says. For one reason or another, I'll leave that on the back burner, at least for now, maybe for today. But anyway, says the, says the Gemara back in the Gemara. So the Gemara is suggesting that the way that we'll resolve this contradiction from our Mishnah and the Beraita with regards to animals is one's the opinion of Rabbi Uda, one's the opinion of Hachamim. We only saw the opinion of Rabbi Uda so far. Rabbi Uda says birds, smaller place, called Migdal. Tzivi, uh, um, uh, deer into a home, Hayav. Says the Gemara in speaking about this Mishnah, It's clear in his particular words, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says you'd only violate Melechet Seda, meaning it's only considered trapped already when it's in the Bayit, when it's in the enclosed fully area house as opposed to in the conservatory, the reservoir area, the Bebar. If it was in the Bebar, according to the Biuda, you don't violate Sedah. In turn, what's the next step? If you were to go into a Bebar on Shabbat and to grab one and to trap, well, that would be considered trapping. It wasn't already trapped. It means that the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda is the opinion we saw in the Beraita. Again, the Beraita told us that if you went into a Bebar, Shel Haya, Ve'of, on Yom Tob, What's the halakha? You can't trap. Whose opinion must that be following? Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says a bebar is not closed off enough to be considered trapped already. He told us the only way to violate Sedan Shabbat is if you pushed it into the house and locked it. If it was alternatively into a bebar, Chachamim will say that's Sedan, and as a result, they'll be lenient if it's already in it. Rabbi Yehuda does not have so. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, says Jeffrey, we're talking about a deer specifically, and we're more specific, or more broadly, but not broad, 
fully broadly, we're talking about a haya, wild, undomesticated animals. Indeed, that's exactly the point. They can jump over the fence. They can make their way out. If you're dealing with a cow, what's that? Harder to get into the house as well. Um, but again, even when they're in a bebar, the point is they'll escape. If you, for argument's sake, and I think it's 100%, I think, I think it's meduyak in the Gemara, I think it's nifsak l'halacha, if you had a cow in your bebar, no, that's not going to be considered melechet seda. The conversation arises, by the way, not a full conversation for now, with regards to a dog in a room, for example is that uh, you, you want to move the dog out of the way. So you push the dog into the room uh, on Shabbat. Now, I'm not putting it in a cage, per se, but I pushed it into the room. Is that Melechet Tzeda, at the very least, Midr Banan? Are there such questions and conversations to be had? But anyway, says the Gemara over here, uh, finishing the conversation, excuse <laughs> Uh, what's, what do they do over here? According to the Hachamim, you'd violate Seda if you pushed or got the deer even into the Gina, uh, certainly into the Bayit, and even into the Bebar. It means that the Bebar is a place that we consider Seda. We consider it already hunted or trapped. We consider you pushing it into their trapping, and in turn, as our Mishnah told us, if you were to now trap from there, it was already trapped. So that's how we resolved the contradiction. To say clearly, we had a contradiction with regards to the Mishnah and the Beraita. If a person went and trapped an animal from a Bebar on Yom Tob, is that a violation? Mishnah, no. Beraita, yes. How do you resolve that? According to the Bihuda, Bebar is not a safeguarded enough place to be in violation of Tzedah if you pushed and locked in there. It could jump over, as Jeffrey said. And in turn, if I went and I trapped in a better way to bring it into my house, that would be Melacha. That's our Beraita. Hachamim alternatively say, listen, it's on your property. You might be able to jump out. It's not hard to catch it. But ultimately speaking, it's on your property and it's not mehusar seda. That's already seda if you pushed it into the bebar. And as a result, if you grabbed it from the bebar, you wouldn't be in violation. That's our Mishnah. But says the Gemara, that's all fine if we're dealing with the Hayah. What about the Afot? Everybody agreed with regards to birds, both Rabbi Yudah and Hachamim. The only time that you're in violation of seda is if you push the bird into the migdal, into the small closet or chest. Not into the Bebar. It means that if the bird is in the Bebar, it seems clear that if you were to in turn trap it from there, you'd be in violation. Our Mishnah said not so. So I understand the Beraita, that would be consistent with both Hachamim and Rabbi Yehuda. What about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah, which says that an off from a Bebar is permitted on Yom Tov. You went into the conservatory, the reservoir area where it's being stored and whatever. Uh, you're allowed to trap it, says our Mishnah. How do you resolve that? We're left with the problem of Ofot on Ofot contradiction. Says the Gemara, perhaps you would say as well, this is not a difficulty. Habibar mikura. Habibar she'ena mikura, or mikure. 
Uh, says the Gemara, maybe you can resolve it as follows. There are different realities. Our Mishnah is talking about when, if you've ever been to the Prospect Park Zoo, Prospect Park Zoo has an area, a conservatory, where you walk into, and it's netted and closed and double-doored so that when you walk in, the birds are in there and they're not getting anywhere. They might fly past you, they might fly onto the walkway, they're not getting out the door. That's a Bebar Mikure. It has a roof. They can't fly away. That's our Mishnah, perhaps. That's where you're allowed to, in turn, go in and grab one of the birds on Yom Tov. Go ahead. I have a question. Yom Tov, you're allowed to check the animal to eat. We have to trap it. Who said you had to trap it? It's it's in my home. Yeah. But are you grabbing it to trap? No, it was already trapped. It's in your home. It's exactly. So you have to have a trapped animal to check. Correct. That's the point that we, that, that we understood from our Mishnah. The question is, what is a trapped animal? Right, exactly that point. You're an expert in trapping uh, animals and birds, man. Yeah. Apparently not. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I'm, I'm just more and more intrigued by you every day, Ila. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, 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 again, so the Gemara then distinguishes and it resolves it as follows. Chitema means we're suggesting this. We know we're going to knock this down in a moment, it appears. Our Mishnah is talking about a Bebar Mikure. It has a ceiling on it. As a result, it's already trapped and trapping it again is, as Stanley says, already trapped. You're doing an action. It's not an action of trapping. The Beraita alternatively is talking about, yeah, it's got walls around it. Certainly, maybe you have food in there and you built it nests and things like that. But ultimately speaking, all it needs to do is fly right over those walls and it gets away. As a result, <laughs> that would be considered, says our Beraita, Melechet Sedan Yom Tov. Yes, yes, our Mishnah Beraita are Lekule Alman, not Rabbi Yudan Chachamim. Both Rabbi Yudan and Chachamim, because Rabbi Yudan Chachamim agree that the only way it's truly trapping with regards is. Middah. And as a result, how do you resolve our Mishnah? It must be that it doesn't have a ceiling. That's it. That's what the Gemara is suggesting. It says, Gemara vechitema ha name lash kashya. Perhaps you'll say... Why can't you say trapping in the house is trapped, according to what it did, and trapping it in a small closet is really trapped? But they told us both, Rabbi Yudan Hachamim, that it needs to be in a closet. They both told us that. So you can't do that here. What's that? What is a parallel to a closet in a bigger space? The parallel, having a roof. And that would be our Mishnah. It says, a tikra means a ceiling. It says, It says, It's very difficult to suggest that because after all, our beraita, the one that we cited at the beginning here uh, with the two opinions, Biudan Hachamim, presented the following. It said, by an animal, if it's a bebar, excuse me, if it's a bayit, an animal, a sivi, a deer, it's considered trapping when it goes into that house that we established. Uh, we said in contrast to a bird. A bird, a house is not sufficient. Remember we paused and we talked about why not at the very beginning. But we said a house is not sufficient. Doesn't a house have a ceiling on it? Doesn't the very definition of a house mean that it has a ceiling? If it has a ceiling, if it has a roof, 
then how is it possible? Why is it that Rabbi Udan Chachamim said it needs to be in a closet? Clearly, Rabbi, the definition of closet is more narrow, is a lot smaller and closed in than the open area, even if it has a roof over it. And as a result, we're stuck again. When it comes to a bird, apparently, we're a bit more stringent. We have a different law and definition with regards to trapping. When it comes to a bird, the trapping definition seems to be it needs to be in a very small, closed-off, and roofed area. A bebar, by definition, is not so. Can't understand our Mishnah. How could it be that our Mishnah told us that a bebar shelof is mutar latzud b'shabbat? How could it be that that area which is enclosed, whether it has a roof or not, at this point we're saying doesn't make a difference. A bayit has a roof, and everybody agrees you're not allowed to trap the bird in it on Shabbat on Yom Tov. Amar Rabba hacha besipor deror askinan sheinam mikabelit marut detana dever bishmael. Lama nikra shema sipor deror shedara babayit kebasade. The Gemara suggests, this opinion here in the Gemara, Rababa Ravuna suggests, let's maintain that we're dealing with even and certainly Abebar Hamikure, both in the Mishnah and in the Beraita. The, the situation, the context is that the bird is in the closed off area with the ceiling. Still didn't help me, it's not a chest, it's not a closet. Here's how I resolve it. Whereas the Mishnah is talking about a slower, easier to catch bird. What type of bird? Maybe a turtle dove. I think turtle doves. Maybe a pigeon of some sort, right? That's easier to catch. That much, that's our Mishnah. The Mishnah says if you have the closed off uh, bebar, you have the conservatory, you went to the Prospect Park type of area, but the birds in it are easy to catch, that's our Mishnah. The Beraita, which alternatively told us at the very onset of our Gemara that you're not allowed to catch a bird in the even conservatory area, it's talking about it has a roof as well. Oh, if it's talking about it has a roof, then why can't you? Because it's a sipor deror. It's a free-flying bird. Says the Gemara, Tanah Dever Bishmael, define those words, sipor deror, translated into English probably as a sparrow. Why is it called deror? Deror means, first and foremost, that it's free. Ukratem deror, the Pasuk says, by Yovel. But secondly, it's melashon dira. Maybe they're connected. Dira means to live. It lives freely anywhere, whether it's in the field or in the home. As a result, if it lives, lives freely, Really, what does that mean? It means you can't catch it. It means you're not going to get it. Therefore, at least easily, therefore, says the Beraita, when it comes to a bird, if it's a bird that's a sipor deror, you're going to be hayav for seda if you were to catch it, even though it's in the conservatory, which has a roof on Shabbat or Yom Tov. That seems to be assuming, making clear to us then, when all the, when everything settles over here, it means we dealt with this contradiction with the bebar of haya. We had difficulty with regards to the bebar of the sipur, and we distinguished. It's not so much the place, although the place does need to be fully enclosed, it's also the type of animal that we're dealing with. Back to what Jeffrey said earlier, it's so too with the wild animal. It needs to be a wild animal, and we're talking about, in the opposite direction, the difficulty of catching it, and as a result, it being forbidden, it's because it could jump over the wall. If it's a cow, which moves slowly and easier to just keep in its place, in such a circumstance, even if it doesn't have all the qualifications of bebar in the respect that we've been discussing, it might be hayabat. What emerges, just parenthetically, is that a sparrow 
is kosher. Why else are you catching it on Yom Tov? What else are you doing with it on Yom Tov in our situation? You're catching it in order to eat it. You're not catching it in order to, I don't know, just have. That's why you're catching it. Are sparrows kosher? So again, the answer clearly from our Gemara is yes. In truth, there's several other sources with regards to sparrows' kosher or unkosher status. There is a, a midrash, the Gemara discusses this with regards to the misora, that the birds which were used as part of the tahara, part of the purification st- um, process of a person with leprosy were birds that were sipor deror, they were sparrows. Why so? Because they make that sort of noise and it's a, it's a certain lesson to the misora who maybe spoke wrongfully so he now listens to those birds which make the same type of noise. After all, you can only use a sipor in that context, it must be that sparrows are kosher. The interesting thing, though, is that over the course of much time, it appears, and I'm reading very briefly from a, a religious periodical called Shabbaton, uh, an article written by Professor Zohar Amar, very briefly, he says, over the course of time, a little bit of the tradition with regards to sparrows was lost or became murky. Kafa Haim Rabbi Yaakov Haim Sofer, a rabbi who lived in Yerushalayim, well, first in Baghdad and then Yerushalayim, early 20th century, he writes in his commentary to Shohan Aruch Kafahim, Sipor Katan Hadar Babatin Vekorin Lo Oto Aspor Hanohag Leochlo. He writes in Kafahim Yoreda Petsiman Pebet that the Minhag is to eat it. I don't know, those sparrows don't look like they have much meat, but apparently the Minhag was to eat it. In the Ashkenazic world, what he records, and, and Professor Zohar Amar is a uh, as a Moroccan, he says in Frankfurt and Halberstadt in Germany, what they used to do was every year the heads of the community would catch a sparrow and slaughter it in order to make clear to the people this is our Masoret. Nobody was actually interested in eating from the sparrow, but they did it to say, because we have tradition on this, when you lose tradition in these types of matters of kashrut, well then you can't any longer eat from it. A public show of it. It was relevant apparently historically as per some legends and accounts during the time of World War I, maybe World War II, when they had scarcity of food and in turn they had to go out into the streets and catch whatever they could. They had a tradition now that sparrows were kosher. There were conversations and debates about it. One of the major and primary sources is our Gemara, that Sipur Deror, a sparrow is kosher. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.